Sue Loftus has been a saint in my life for many years. Of my earliest remembrances of her when I decided to enter into ministry, Sue was among some of you who said, I'll pray for you and we'll take this journey together. Sue is a saint among us and her story is one that is quite powerful. She reminds us that sometimes healing happens in this world, sometimes it doesn't. But that always, with the presence of Christ, we can find healing in our minds, in our bodies, in our souls, in our relationships, and in our emotions. To find renewal is to find healing. To experience healing is to be renewed with God and with others. I'm so grateful for Sue Loftus, who comes now to share some of her story. Sue? From the time I was big enough to go anywhere, my parents took me to church. They were church goers and church doers. We lived out in the country and in our little community, we had only one church, it was the Methodist church, but everybody went. We had two, service, two church services a month. The other two, we had Sunday school only. One Sunday, the Methodist preacher came, and one Sunday, the Baptist preacher came. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was never a question whether we were going to be in church on Sunday. That was a given. Now, we had to be on time or really early because my dad had the key to the church. <laughs> and my mother taught the ladies' Sunday school class. When I was junior high age, dad and mother and I joined the church in town, which was only four miles away. By then, my brother and sister, who were older, were married and gone. We became present and active in that church as well. And that pattern continued when I was in college. I was active and present at Wesley Foundation. When I finished school and came to Montgomery, I joined here at First Methodist and immediately began to work with the youth. I was involved with the youth program for probably about 15 years. And then a, couple, a few years after I had stopped, when I was working with the youth, sometimes I felt like I had two full-time jobs. One, I was paid for with money. The other, I was paid for with love and blessings. Some years after the youth, I became angry with God. And I stopped all activity except I did come, I did go to church on Sunday morning. I was just so angry that two years later, when my sister was diagnosed with 
terminal lung cancer. I accused God of taking it out on my sister because he was angry with me. And when she died, it was hard. Because if you're someone you love dies and you don't have God to lean on, it's tough. About a year and a half <clears throat> after my sister died, I, after having refused twice, went to my Emmaus walk. On the first day after the Justifying Grace talk, and we bowed our heads for the meditation, I could see God reaching out to me. And I saw me just stand there and refuse to reach back. Later that day, I said to God, what are you gonna do with me when I won't reach back? And as clearly as I've ever heard anything in my life, I heard him say, I'm going to love you anyway. It changed my life. For the first time, I knew I had known God in my head with knowledge, but it finally got to my heart with feeling. And I knew that God loved me no matter what. Nothing I could do was gonna make him love me less, and nothing I could do was gonna make him love me more. God loved me because I'm his child. We are all God's children, and he loves us all, no matter what. When I came home from Emmaus, I was a changed person. The anger was gone, and I was once again ready to fulfill my vows that I made back in junior high when I joined the church to support my church any way I could. I've been in a Bible study almost all the time since then. But I've tried to, and am trying to, live out my vow of presence in other ways, too. I'm so grateful for my Sunday school class, my Bible studies, study groups, Emmaus reunion, well, any small group that you can get in. This is how we get to know people, and this is how people get to know us. We learn together, we study together, we pray for each other, we look after each other. So as long, from the day I was born, I was taught and I firmly believe that presence in the church is so important. <laughs> and not just on Sunday morning, but all during the week, because this is where we are part of the life of the church and a part of the people of the church. And I guarantee the more you get involved in the church, 
the more you want to be involved in the church. Thank you. Grateful for Sue's witness that we are enough just as we are, that we are loved just as we are. From each of the 38 saints whose names have been called today, we have learned that same message. The importance of being loved by God. And we find that love when we sit together in the pews with the people around us, or when we serve together in the halls of this church or on the streets of this community. To be with each other is to be with God. To feel the presence of God is to be with others. My favorite quote about the saints is something Frederick Beekner says, in God's holy flirtation with the world, God occasionally drops a handkerchief. And these handkerchiefs are called saints. Some of us brought a handkerchief today to remember the saints in our lives. Some of you brought pictures, lockets and bracelets from those who have gone before you. At the early service, we had Bibles that had been passed down from a mom to a child. So whether you're here today remembering someone who died in the past year or many decades ago, the reality is we still feel their absence. We still feel their presence. They were our friends, our spouse, our mom, our dad, our child, our brother, our sister, our neighbor, our pew pal, our disciple buddy. The saint that you remember today was God's handkerchief to you. A little reminder, a love letter in your life that you are never forgotten, that you are never alone. In proper etiquette, someone would pick up that handkerchief knowing that someone had left it for her or for him and that they were in relationship, a very special kind of relationship. And so we pick up these handkerchiefs, these saints today, and part of what we are acknowledging is the communion of saints. That they are not, even though they're gone from here, they're with God. That they are feasting at his heavenly banquet. And in just a moment, there's a great mystery to this meal of grace that reminds us that we commune with the saints. That God's grace works that way. The 38 names that we just read are 38 legacies of faith. They're 38 models of what it means to be present with God and with others in the body of Christ. They are 38 stories of renewal. And their memory lives on each time we are daring enough to renew our covenant, to faithfully participate in all the ministries of this church by our own prayers and presence and gifts and our service and our witness. Saints have prayed us to this very moment. They have instilled in us the importance of being present. They've taught us how to give to this church with our time and our talents and our treasures, to give until it hurts and to give a little more if necessary. 
because people need to eat and people need to feel the warmth of God's love. They've modeled for us what it means to build a house or to feed a hungry person or to walk the streets praying for others or to spend the evening with family promise. The saints have taught us how to serve in that way and they've taught us in word and deed what it means to witness to the power of Jesus Christ in their lives. And so the best way we can honor the saints is to pick up that mantle of hope, to pick it up and to share it with someone else who needs it. We have a motto around here. It says, we will not be whole without you. And we won't because we believe so deeply in the power of presence, this mystery of grace that comes through the love and the smiles and the shares and the singing and the recitation of liturgy together, the locking arms and serving Montgomery together. We won't be whole without you. And we won't be whole without the memory and the legacy of our honored saints. It's not lost on me that one day, on another occasion of All Saints Sunday, your name and my name will be called from this very chancel area. But God is not through with us yet. Until then, we have a responsibility of being the body of Christ on earth as it is in heaven and honoring the memory of Christ through our own prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness so that all who come behind us may find us faithful. So will you renew your covenant today, faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church like the saints taught us? with your presence. In the creed, we profess the communion of saints. We're gonna celebrate that in just a moment. Beekner says, the worst in this world isn't the last thing about this world. It's the next to the last thing because the last thing is the best. The last thing is the power from on high that comes down into the world and it wells up from the rock bottom worst of the world like a hidden spring. Can you believe it? The last best thing is the laughing deep in the hearts of the saints and sometimes even in our own hearts because yes, despite all else, we are terribly loved and forgiven that through Christ alone we can be healed and through Christ all is well and all will be well. So today, may the saints in our lives who have gone before us on whose shoulders we stand rest in peace and rise in glory. Amen.